Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Dr. Williams is the author of the acclaimed book, Shattered by the Darkness, Putting the Pieces Back Together After Child Abuse. Dr. Williams is on the senior leadership team at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas, and Dr. Williams travels the United States speaking and training professionals, parents, and victims about the importance of dealing with abuse and personal trauma head-on and not being afraid to break the silence of your own personal pain. Feel free to call in to tonight's show at 888-627-6008 and speak with Dr. Williams and his guests live on air. And now, your host, Dr. Williams. Good evening and welcome to Breaking the Silence. We are live in the most beautiful city in the entire world, Houston, Texas, and it is awesome to have you with us this evening. And this one is going to absolutely blow your socks off. I promise you that. It's going to be as awesome as the sunrise is right or sun uh, down is right behind me. This sunset is absolutely gorgeous tonight in Houston in this about 90, 95 degree weather here. Uh, dog day afternoons are coming uh, sooner than what uh, uh, we was expecting already. I can't wait till August and September with the uh, dog days of summer to come in and uh, give us real heat here in Houston, but I love it. You can see the actual helicopters going, uh, landing at the medical center behind me. Uh, i tell you what, we have a great guest tonight. I just finished reading her book, and it's going to be one of those if you want to uh, get a piece of paper out. If you don't buy the book, you want to at least get some of the tidbits that she's going to share with you of wisdom tonight because she has a lot of expert um, opinions, thoughts, guidelines, steps of how to make it through from one level of your world to another. And she's going to show you how to do that. I promise you that. But I think personally, you need to write down the title of the book and be ready to buy it just as soon as we, well, maybe when we go to commercial, you can go ahead and download it. Uh, right off of Amazon because it is an awesome, awesome book. And to be honest with you, I don't say that about every book that uh, I have uh, on the program, every author that I have. I say, oh, it's a good book, uh, but this one is an excellent book. And it's one of those where you can actually get into uh, and bite and chew and use and and work through and apply to your life uh, today. So I'm looking forward to having our guest here just shortly. Next week, we have an awesome guest, too. So make sure you just join us each Sunday night, 8 p.m. live. And uh, I promise you that if you invest a little bit of time into us on Sunday evening, we're going to give you something that's not just going to hopefully keep you awake for the next 45, 50 minutes, but something that you can actually put on, use, make applicable, and make your life better. You know, there's so much entertainment on television, good, bad, or indifferent. But how much really good, useful tools do you get? And I really try to focus on this hour of being a tool that you can actually put into your life or maybe one of your friends that you're going to come in contact with this week. And speaking of my friends, I have uh, Matt and Maury Brown, and 
in Carterville, Illinois, that just showed up. Uh, they're listening tonight, so it's good to have them. They are probably my couple of my best friends in this entire world, so it's good to have you with us uh, tonight, guys. Tell you what, I always like to share just a few minutes before we bring our guest in, uh, not because I have that much wisdom, but I always like to just let you know what I'm going through. And in reality, I could actually, and I won't, I could actually start unbuttoning my shirt and show you the scar that I have from right about here all the way down my chest when I had open heart surgery uh, in 2010 when I was in my mid-40s. And there was no medical reason that the doctors could find of why my heart started going bad. And ultimately, I found out through research, I found out through other people's advice and other physicians here when I moved to Houston, um, that possibly what could have caused that was adverse childhood experiences, things that I experienced in my life that I suffered through, that I buried and would hope that they would just simply fade away. Let me tell you, your body doesn't work that way. Your body, your life, and every moment of your existence is like a brushstroke of a masterpiece. And the canvas of your life is there. And each day, good, bad, or indifferent, that brush comes in and applies something into your life. There's been times, and even recently, for the last couple of weeks, of things that's happening in my life that I would like to hide, put away, store in a closet, lock it, and hope that it will just simply go away. But let me tell you, life doesn't work that way. The scars on my body show me that I've lived. The scars on my heart show me that I've loved had good relationships, bad relationships, heartbreaks, heartaches, and wonderful heart experiences. But those scars on my heart indicate that somewhere in my life, I've experienced love, and it hurt to lose those loves. I also found out that going down to the pool down here from the penthouse, right down right over here at the corner, I would take off my shirt and lay out in the sun on a beautiful day like today. And at first, years ago, I was really embarrassed by that scar. I tried every type of lotion that was available that was kind of helped that heal to where you didn't understand or couldn't even tell that there was a scalpel mark all the way down my chest where they opened up my rib cage and went in and worked on my heart. But, you know, to be honest with you, I'm kind of proud of that scar now. Scar tissue is much stronger than regular tissue. Listen to me. Don't give up on me. So scars are a sign of making it through, surviving an unbelievable moment in your life. And our guest tonight is going to take it to the next level. How do you take that survival to thriving, surviving to thriving. And that's what she's a pro in. And the mark of cutting open doesn't end the brokenness. It's just literally 
a miracle that's written on my skin. So with the very uh, life experience that I'm dealing with in my own world right now, that's going to take me probably through the rest of this year. I'm not going to hide it. I'm going to share it. I'm going to embrace it. And I'm going to try to turn everything negative that that scar is going to try to do to me and make it as as positive as I can and impactful in a positive way to other people. My scars is a warning to my future demons to remind them that I've already gone through hell and I'm still here and I made it. So go ahead, take your best shot at me and I'm not giving up. I'm going to pride. I'm going to pick myself up and brush myself off. I'm going to reach deep and continue to look for hope. And I want you to be able to do that tonight also. There may be something in you that just says, I'm ready to give up. You tell that demon, you tell that that absolute worst nightmare that you're experiencing that you can't have me today. I'm going to fight one more day. And I tell you what, I've been to hell and back. And I'm sitting here tonight, and I don't even smell of smoke because I gave it all up to the Creator that gave me the strength to make it through each and every day. So why in the world, when I'm handed another deck of cards, and I don't like the hand that I've been dealt, when I go, you know, on this one, I'm going to fold. No way. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to play that out. And I'm going to trust that the next card that I deal is dealt. That it's a wild card that's going to make a full house or a royal flush in my hand to where I come out a victor. I'd rather have a body full of scars and a head of memories instead of having ahead of regrets and perfect skin. Remember that. Stick with that. Don't forget that. And no matter what you're going through tonight, trust in the power of you. It is my honor tonight to introduce to you, I consider a new friend, a new author that I know that you're going to love, Jennifer Ticalo is our guest this evening, and she has written a book, Claim Your Swagger. Stop surviving and start thriving. Hey, that's a great soliloquy we just made right into this guest. Jennifer, come on in. I'm going to let you tell everybody about who you are, but come on in. Can you hear me tonight? I can. I can. There you Thank are. you so much. Well, welcome. Well, I'm honored to be here, truly. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, you know, I've always wanted to be a CEO, and you are the CEO of Swagger You. What in the world? Tell us all about Swagger You. And folks, write that down because you go right on the webpage and find out all about it. But from the CEO's mouth tonight, what's Swagger You all about? Swagger U is short for Swagger University. That's what the U stands for. And it's really designed to be a place where people can go and educate themselves 
and be able to learn how to tap into what they already have to learn how to be the leader of their own lives and to be at their best, perform at their best and live their best life. To move from what you said, Greg, this place of mere survival to actually be thriving. How do we get to a place where we can literally be so excited about every single day when we wake up? Life is far too short to waste it just merely surviving. And we can't just read something or listen to something and create change. You have to do something. And that's what I try and help people learn how to do is through activities and experiential learning is learn how to tap into that. How do you use what makes you unique and extraordinary and use that to your advantage to be the very best version of yourself you can be? You know, that's beautiful. I I think so many authors make the mistake that you didn't uh, in your book of trying to teach people all these new techniques. And when in reality, I, I tell everybody even about resiliency. Resiliency isn't something you go find or learn how to develop. Resiliency is already in you. All you That's have right. to do is discover it. And like you said, tap into it. Do you agree with me on that or am I all wet? No, I absolutely love that. I love that. And I love what you said earlier about how you're celebrating your scars Because in one of the chapters of the book, it's all about gratitude. And I talk about gratitude being this opportunity that enables us to celebrate our scars, not hide them away. But think of it as, if you know uh, Kintsugi pottery, where they actually put shattered pieces of pottery back together using gold, and they highlight the cracks in gold, and it becomes this priceless work of art. And for us, when, when life shatters us with these experiences that we all have, we are all survivors of our own different traumas and, and situations. But when we know that we can put ourselves back together and using gratitude as our gold, that's how we transform ourselves into a priceless work of art. And that's where we can proudly show our scars to the world and say, this is me. And I am who I am because of my experiences. Oh, man, I'm getting excited. Okay, now, obviously, you didn't just graduate from Swagger U. You had to endure down in the foxhole of life. And you have your own scars. And you share a few of them in the book. Um, What got you interested in not only developing what you've learned in your own life, but to pass that information on to other people. Was it your own personal pain? Part of it was my own personal pain. Part of it was my experience in working with cancer survivors. So the, the initial idea for the book started when I used to coach cancer survivors. And I recognized that when they're in treatment, surviving treatment becomes their whole life. They can't really focus on anything else. And once they survive treatment, they get to a place where they recognize that they have been fundamentally changed by that experience. They can't go back to who they were before because they aren't that same person. And they're almost lost as if I don't really know where to go from here. 
And so what I really wanted to do was help them see cancer as the spark that creates the rest of their life instead of something they survived. But as I started writing and as people were reacting to my initial writing of the book, they said, this is just much bigger than cancer survivors. You're writing a survivor's book and we've all survived something. Whether it's divorce or the loss of a loved one, we have survivor's guilt, or is it abuse when we were younger or even as an adult? There's all kinds of trauma and situations we've gone through that we've survived. So this became much bigger than just cancer survivors. And the other reason was my sister, my older sister, Janine, who I dedicated the book to, she passed away when she was only in her 30s. And I always wondered if I could have helped her see that she didn't have to be more than she was. She didn't have, she just had to be who she was and that she was amazing and extraordinary just how she was. If I had been able to help her in her life, I wonder if she would still be here today. And she's not, but my hope and desire is that this book can help many other people that I couldn't help with my sister. So there's a number of reasons why I really wanted to share this with other people. Yeah, great, great point. Um, last week's guest, uh, Vincent Dodd, mentioned to me uh, this week that great, you cannot become your disease. Right. You have to. Uh, be who you are. Now, you just mentioned uh, for your sister, she didn't have to be more than what she was. That's right. Explain. Let, let's drill down a little bit deeper. Let's let's go into this wealth of knowledge that you have and you write about and you're an expert on. What do you mean that I, your sister, I don't, and whoever else is listening, don't have to be more than what we are? Explain that just a little bit deeper for me. So again, it goes back to helping people tap into first discover. I think the biggest part is discovering that each of us are unique and extraordinary in our own way. And yeah. how I'm unique and extraordinary is going to be very different from you, Greg. And yeah. so learning how to discover what that is and then being able to tap into it and use that to our distinct advantage. That's how we become truly who we are. And that's what I mean by you don't have to be more than you are. You just have to start being you and recognizing and embracing and celebrating who you are unapologetically, not trying to be like someone else, not trying to be different than who you are, but truly embracing, loving, accepting and living who you are. Do you think we are wired? Because I believe in chapter eight. Uh, so I'm just letting everybody know, hey, you did read the book. Uh, there's the books about passion and purpose. How much of our life is wired in to being who I am of finding out what I'm passionate about and what the purpose is that I have for the rest of the time that I have on the earth? Is there a, a big correlation of that, of being who I am in light of that purpose? Well, I think you're bringing up a great point. And I think there's something about inherent in human beings. We have a desire and we seek out meaning. Yeah. 
And we want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And most often when I find people just surviving in life, chances are when we dig a little deeper into that, you start to recognize one, they haven't ever really articulated or truly identified what they're passionate about, and they have not discovered their purpose. When we can tap into our passions, passions, I liken them to in the book, I talk about this like lightning, because when you're living your passion, the energy can't really be contained like lightning. It has to have a release. And it's the same with purpose. When you are living with purpose, which means you're doing something and part of something that's often in service of others and bigger than yourself. When you find out what that is and can live that daily, you can't help but get excited to cut up every day. And you also start to recognize and develop this stronger sense of self because you're doing something meaningful. You're part of something meaningful. You don't have this emptiness or this hole or this void that you can't fill. Jennifer, do you you feel if you had to throw a, a percentage of people, how many people go through their lives never discovering why they were ever put on this earth for a purpose? And they're just, oh, I gotta go to work got to do that. And they come home and it's the same old thing. And there's never any of that passion or purpose or excitement or release that needs to be given in life that makes it energetic. And they've lost their swagger. And probably after the first commercial break, we're going to talk about what swagger really means. But um, has that caused a lot of our society to just be out of step with who they are? I think so. If you look at how many people are, if the the research is showing that there's a high percentage of people that are dissatisfied and unfulfilled in their lives. And we also know that being dissatisfied and unhappy and unfulfilled in your life also impacts your physical health and your mental well-being. Your overall well-being is impacted by this. Why we have, uh, it could be a very correlated reason for why we have an increase in suicides, an increase in depression, an increase in people trying to seek and find meaning. Maybe it's through addiction or other things because they have this void that has not been filled and they're seeking external sources to try and fill it instead of actually realizing that all I have to do is do some self-discovery work and uncover what my purpose is, what my passions are, and find renewal and fulfillment through that. I noticed that your book isn't just um, a memoir, because it really isn't. It has a little bit of your life in there, but it doesn't go into great detail every chapter and all that. Uh, It's more of, of wisdom, but then it has actual applications that you can get in and work was that designed by you did you create all of those different assessments and and self-testings and all those things at the end of those chapters did you come up with all that yes absolutely so a lot of my background is in behavioral change and I spent the past 12 years or so as a global leadership consultant and I've been humbled and honored to be able to work with leaders at all levels from aspiring leaders all the way up to the C-suite of organizations. And 
what I did there was design, develop, and facilitate experiential learning programs. And experiential learning is just a fancy way of saying, learn by doing. So if you think about the first time you burned your hand on a hot stove, your brain cataloged that information and said, hang on a second, that really hurt. And I don't want to do that again. And so you learned by experiencing that the stove was hot to say, okay, note to self, when the stove is on, stay away from it. And that is why I designed some of the experiential aspects of the book, because you can't create change unless you do something differently than you're doing today. You can't just read or listen or look or watch something, you have to do something. And so these activities that are built in and the daily reinforcements are designed to help people provide them with the tools to start doing some of that self-discovery work. So basically you can't experience change in your life until you change something in your life. That's right. You have to make the move. You have to take the step. That's exactly right. Hold up your book. I want everybody to write this down while they can see it because it's a beautiful cover. Uh, there it is. Claim your swagger, stop surviving and start thriving. If you had to say, Hey, this was my most proudest moment chapter in that book. What would it be? What's the one that is your baby that you go, wow, I really am an author. This is awesome. Well, I, I still kind of pinch myself and say, Oh my gosh, I actually am an author because this is actually, I'm living my dream. I'm living my passion and I'm living my purpose in doing this. So I still pinch myself and say, oh my gosh, I, I literally did this. But I would say two of my favorite chapters are probably the one on gratitude and the one on purpose. Yeah. I think those two are incredibly powerful chapters. And they were to me some of the most, I think the most enjoyable to write. Gratitude. Do you do you journal? In your own private life. Do, do you have a gratitude journal? I I don't necessarily write it down so much anymore because my practice is so innate now. It's so much a part of my daily routine. But I start every single morning with gratitude. I use gratitude all day long. And I end every single day with gratitude. So it is it is part of the DNA now of my daily routine, because I like to say that swagger is not just a word. It's a lifestyle. And it's something that has to be worked on and practiced every single day. So how how uh, adamant do you want to let people know that they what you just said is life changing if they will just start their day and end their day? with gratitude, and throughout the day, throw in nuggets of gratitude, how much of a just an impact of that will make on their life? Well, what I love about gratitude is it's something so simple, but it can create profound and immediate shifts in your mindset and attitude. And I'll give you an example. So I, my husband and I used to live in Manhattan, and we know how loud it is. But we had since moved away, and I had gone back to actually deliver a leadership program. And so I had to stay the night and I was in the hotel going to bed early. And you're going to remember this story, Greg, because I tell it in the book. 
But I find that it's a really good one as an example of the power of gratitude. And I was complaining and I was in that negative spiral of, gosh, don't people know that I have to get up tomorrow? Don't they care about anybody else but themselves? I mean, come on, I have to teach this class tomorrow. This is horrible. And I just complain, complain, complain until one moment I stopped myself and I said, wait a minute, shouldn't I just be grateful that I can hear? And in that instant, everything shifted. Everything shifted. My mindset shifted. My attitude shifted. And there was this huge release that enabled me to actually go to sleep and have a phenomenal day the next day. And all it was, was asking a question and finding gratitude. And that's the power of gratitude, especially when you're going through struggles in, in during the day. Find one thing, just one thing, even if all you can find at that moment is, I woke up today. Just start there and be grateful for that. And how much did that cost you? Nothing. That's Absolutely. the thing. That's the thing. It is so simple, but so powerful and so impactful. Fantastic. Tell you what, that's going to be a perfect spot to take our commercial break this evening. Tell you what, that's life-changing right there. If you want to get more life-changing uh, wisdom, hang with us. We'll be right back after this commercial break. It takes about a minute and eight seconds. And on the other side of this, uh, Jennifer, I really want to find out what the letters of swagger mean to let people know when they get the book. Hey, what are we going to be covering in all these chapters? So we'll be right back after our commercial break. Hang with us. HCI Publishing that brought you the international bestsellers, A Child Called It, and the Chicken Soup for the Soul series comes the latest book by Dr. Gregory Williams, Shattered by the Darkness. This book describes the horrific abuse that Dr. Williams suffered at the hands of his father for over 12 years and the damaging effect of keeping everything silent about that abuse for 30 years. If you're looking for that book that you can't put down, then pick up a copy of Shattered by the Darkness by Dr. Gregory Williams at all Barnes & Noble stores, Amazon, and Books A Million. Now, back to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. Welcome back. Tell you what, uh, Jennifer, where are you guys located at right now? Where is your home now? What state? Connecticut. Connecticut. Okay, fantastic. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you through your website, get a copy of the book, hold up the book again, give us all that information now because I'll chase a rabbit. Uh, there it is. And what's the best place for you, Jennifer, for people to get that book? They can go to swaggeru.com forward slash books. And okay. I have multiple links. They can find their favorite. I even have our local bookstore if they want to support local businesses, Elm Street Books. 
So there's a multitude of uh, links that they can click on on that page to go ahead and order the book right now. And I'm actually in the process of hopefully tomorrow I'll finish the audiobook and then I'll keep everybody posted about when the audiobook is is being released. Are you doing it yourself? I am. I, I am. want to do that. I just felt so strongly about it needed to be my voice because of how I wrote the book and I wrote yeah. it in a very conversational tone and I I didn't feel that somebody else would put the the energy and the emphasis on certain aspects or feel the same way about the book as I do. And so I just felt really strongly about doing it myself. That's awesome. And I love the the way that you present the book because it is kind of like I'm being taught and then we're having a conversation. I love that. And you're, you're right. It should be in your voice. So I, that's coming out hopefully the next few days. So, and of course, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, they can get it through those websites as well. That's right. So the audiobook might take a couple weeks just for, by the time they finish producing it, then we've got to edit and then they got to get it ready for production or for distribution. But it should be out soon. And if you keep an eye on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and all those places, I'll be posting when it's uh, launching, as well as to the people that are on my mailing list, my email list. And your website is what? SwaggerU.com. That's SwaggerU.com. Yeah. And it's the letter U, not Y-O-U. It's the letter U. So SwaggerU.com is my website. They can find out more about SwaggerU, about me, about the books and other things as well. And even if they want you to come to their location and teach. That's right. I do uh, speaking and we're doing retreats as well. Oh. So some fun retreats and probably some master classes, swagger boot camps. Uh, there's also activities right now that if people purchase the book, only people that get the book have access to certain parts of the website where they can download some of those activities, engage with the community of fellow swagger seekers. So they have a chance to connect with other people and actually that are going through a similar journey and support one another and encourage one another along the way. That'd be great. I'd love to do a workshop training event or something retreat with you. That I think that would be a hoot. It would uh, be a so much that'd be, fun. That'd be a good time. That'd be wonderful. Uh, okay, so, you know, when I think of swagger, so I'm picking up this book, uh, Claim Your Swagger. I'm thinking of swagger as the, you know, my strut through life. What does swagger really mean to you when you broke it down into an acronym type of uh, situation? What's it really mean, the, the title? So I like to, when I describe swagger, I like to describe it in this way before I start the acronym. And I, I was actually speaking with someone recently and my husband and I were out to dinner and she said that there was this light emanating from me, that there was this energy that was coming off of me that she was absolutely drawn to. And she couldn't stop herself. She had to say hello. She had to introduce herself. So if you've been to a restaurant before and you see that person that lights up the room and they are just full of self-assuredness and this quiet self-confidence, they're comfortable in their own skin. And if the waiter was passing by, you would literally say, um, excuse me, can I have whatever they're having, please? Because you want some of that. Whatever it is that they're doing, you would love some of that. And that's what I mean by swagger. It's not the dictionary definition of swagger. 
And because I use acronyms a lot, which Greg, you'll know, reading the book from my severe test anxiety as a child, I learned all these coping mechanisms for studying and memorizing and acronyms was one of them. Yeah. And so the acronym that I created when I landed on the word swagger, because it just really spoke to me. And when I broke it down, it breaks down into self-worth, hmm. appreciation for your strengths and limitations, gratitude for how your life experiences have helped shape who you are, grounded in your core values, empowered to overcome your self-limiting beliefs and renewed through a greater focus on your passion and purpose. And when you do that work, when you actually do the work in the self-discovery and self-reflection work that is designed in the book, that's when you truly step into who you are and claim your swagger. I tell you, that is huge. Um, it, I mean, did you just get that in the middle of the night? Um, is this a, a divine intervention uh, of just wisdom? Or, I mean, because that, those are perfect. I mean, that just goes right down the line with all of those letters. Well, I do get yeah, some of yeah. my best ideas in the middle of the night. Yeah. I, I, that's when, because I like to talk about how our brain has what we call day science and night science or the left brain, right brain. So day science is all about executing, getting things done, your logical brain, but the creative brain, the night science, when I allow my logical day side, day science to kind of go to sleep, that's when my best ideas come. And so I literally have a journal or a, a notebook by my bed and I would write down these ideas that would pop into my head. I plant a seed. So I landed on the word and then I knew a lot of the things that I really wanted to touch on because of all the work I had done with leaders. And I've seen the transformational work of talking about your life experiences and really becoming more aware of your own strengths and limitations and how important values are. So I had some of these ideas of some of the things that I really wanted to talk about. And then as I, as the idea really started to take shape and swagger was the word, then I was able to really piece all of that together. So yes, I, I, I made that up. I created That's wonderful. And the SW self-worth. Oh, it's so important. It's so important to develop a new relationship with our self-worth. We have forever connected who we are with what we do. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Hey, uh, I, I'm Greg Williams. I work at Baylor College of Medicine. Right? Well, that's what I do. <laughs> right. That, that's, that's not who I am. That, right. That's perfect. Go, let's go deeper into that because I think that's wonderful because we do that all the time on Facebook. And all I don't do Facebook, but all that stuff. Why do we do that? Well, if we think about it, we've been conditioned to do that from a very young age. And I talk about this in the book. If When you're younger, when you're quite young as a young child and you're learning how to talk and you're introducing, you usually will say, hi, my name is, and I'm five years old, right? So you're going to connect it to something. And then as you get older, you're saying, okay, well, hi, my name is, and I go to this school or I played this position in sports. And then as we get into adulthood, we start to say, oh, well, you know, I do this job or I have this many kids or whatever. We're connecting it consistently always to something outside of ourselves. 
instead of understanding, and this is one of the biggest concepts, and it's difficult for people to grasp the concept, but it's so empower, it's so important and so powerful. We are worthy simply because we exist. Our worth is innate. There are no conditions required. Period. That's it. That's powerful. I mean, and you're right. I mean, people come up to uh, us when we're five, six. Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Older? Me. You know, they're looking for fireman, policeman, you know, doctor, lawyer, whatever. But yeah, what do you want to be? Uh, you know, How and about the best of, version it, of me I can be? Oh, Wouldn't it yeah. be amazing if we started saying that instead? Yes, and, and uh, that generation that's coming up needs to hear that more than any generation before because we have dropped the ball on raising our kids the way they should be raised. We put them in their room with their cell phones and their computers and their video games and go, hey, have at it. Have fun. We'll see you in the morning. And there's no communication. It's deeper than that. Well, and also they are extremely vulnerable now to the external forces. And in the book, I talk about this. We allow ourselves to be sit as the defendant in the courtroom waiting for the judge and jury, which is all these other people that we put all this importance on and of the opinion they have of us. And look at how much time people are spending on social media. And did people like my post or, oh, I don't have enough followers or I don't have, we have to stop all of that. The judge and jury doesn't have the deciding vote on our worth. We're the only ones who can determine our worth. No wow. one else can. That's powerful. In that self-worth, self-care has a big impact on that. Um, mindfulness. I used to laugh at mindfulness when it first came out. It's like, mindfulness, what are we talking about? What's that even mean? I went and bought like five books on it. I, I still have them over there. Uh, mindfulness and until I started to understand the importance of that. I have to take care of me first before I can do anything with anybody else. Put What's the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on others. There's a reason why you do that. And we need to think about that analogy in our own lives. Self-care is not selfish. It's essential. And when we take care of ourselves, we have that much more to give those we care about. Where's the biggest violation of that in our world where we harm ourselves, self-inflict our own pain uh, by not taking care of ourselves? Where do you find that, that we lack in that category? You know, there's something that I've come across quite a bit recently. And I did, I actually did a post on this recently on um, an Instagram and Facebook. And a lot of people really reacted to it. I have found and this is not only women, but a lot of women tend to do this. We have to stop apologizing for doing what's right for us. So for mm. example, maybe you're not in a healthy relationship or marriage and you feel guilty about actually making the decision to get a divorce. But if you look at it, that is probably the best thing for you 
to take care of who you are, your mental, your physical, and your overall well-being. But you start apologizing for wanting to do that because, oh, well, you know, my kids or this. We have to stop apologizing for doing what's right for us. And then think about what example you're setting for your kids, that you are important, that you are worthy, that your needs matter. And isn't it better to make tough decisions when you're standing up for yourself and what you need instead of showing people that really you shouldn't take care of yourselves and you should just stay in an unhealthy situation because it might be deemed by others to be the right thing to do? Well, absolutely. And, and I know it's several chapters later in the book, but to me, it, it, it leans right into that next domino of then how important should our values be? That's right. If we don't stand up for them in our own self-care. That's right. Then we let our values uh, go down the drain. So how important are the value side of this? Well, your values, I like to call them, they're kind of like your root ball of a palm tree. And they keep you upright and able to be withstand the winds and the storms that life throws at you. The more you use them, they're like muscles. So the more you use them, the stronger they become and the more guidance they provide. And also like muscles, they can atrophy from lack of use. Mm -hmm. Now, most of us have values, but very few of us have taken the time to sit down and articulate them and not just articulate them so they know what the words are, but start to pay attention and become more aware of how am I living my values daily? Because our values are the most important motivators of personal action. They guide, they're like an internal compass. And if we're not using them on a daily basis, then how are we really making the decisions in our lives? Was this the place in the book? And I know you use the illustration because I use it in my book too, about a GPS system. Was That's the purpose. I call purpose. it the guided, guided purpose system, or the yeah. guided purpose support. But values have the same thing. If, if, that, it, I agree. if you're heading in that direction and it's against your values, you've already made up the decision. I'm not going there. When you know your core values, decisions are much easier to make because you can start asking yourself, is this in line with my values? Just as you can ask yourself, is this in line with me living my purpose? And how, how much does it help and benefit relationships when you and your friends or you and your partner or you and your spouse or whatever the situation is, they know you've discussed what your values are. So if there's ever a debate, hey, I'm sticking with my values, why, why even talk about this? We're hanging there. It makes a lot smoother road. Well, and I think what's interesting, Greg, is that we all make these amazing assumptions that one, everybody knows what our values are and two, that they share the same values. But when you take the time to not only figure out which ones are most important to you and share those, 
it's an eye-opening experience in any relationship because you'll start to recognize. I know when my husband and I sat down and did our sharing of our core values, there were some things that were a little bit like, oh, wow, that's why you get so upset when that happens. I totally get it now because it's one of your values. It never made sense before, but now that I have that additional piece of information, it makes complete sense. And it allows us to find a different level of respect for one another within the relationship because I now know, okay, that may not be super important to me, but it's incredibly important to him. So I can respect that and then make decisions accordingly. Yeah. And in this world, who do we have to look up to for a standard and foundation of values? We don't. So we have to come up with our own. Yeah, that's important. Right. And I think that would benefit kids too. That, hey, this is what this house stands on. Oh, completely. And having that conversation of why, why is it important? And I talk about in the book as well, that beliefs tend to inform our values. Our values then shape our principles, which then dictate our behaviors. So, and beliefs, come from family, from religion, from our culture, from society. Our beliefs are things that we grow up with. And understanding where some of these values come from for a family would be an amazing conversation to have. And also recognizing that our values, what we deem is important to us at any point in our life, can change throughout our life because of the times and which stage of our life we're in. Yeah. You know, that's almost scripture. Uh, when I read that, I was thinking there's a scripture in the New Testament that says that progression, but it adds a few more in there. And I think even it ends up being, it determines your destiny, uh, which in life, uh, this all does too. So I thought, hey, wow, that's 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 good stuff. No, absolutely. And I think it was, I think it's helpful. And I had to break that down because a lot of people, when I started talking about values, they started saying, well, what's the difference between a belief, a value, a principle, uh, and, and to be able to identify and articulate beliefs, inform the values, which help then shape those principles, which then dictate our behaviors. And when you can start to see that linear progression, it starts to make a lot more sense of how the pieces fit together. That's beautiful. I tell you, uh, I knew the hour would go by fast. I want to give the last minute or two just to you of something that we didn't talk about because I didn't follow any type of outline tonight that uh, Kim asked me to do, uh, your publicist. But uh, And I apologize for that, but I loved our discussion. What uh, do you want the folks to know uh, in the last minute of our discussion tonight and that you really think, hey, wait, make sure you don't miss this this week? So I think the thing that really weighs on me that I love to get across to people, and I know I said this early on, but it's worth repeating. You have everything you need to not only be the leader of your life, but to thrive in your life. All you have to do is learn how to start using it to your advantage and using it effectively. You have everything you need. You don't need to be a new you. You just have to be you. And that's what Claim Your Swagger is about, helping you figure out how to tap into 
what you already have to not only be at your best, but perform at your best and then live your best life. Stop surviving. Life is too short for just merely surviving. That's great. And next time somebody asks you how you're doing, you go, I'm just barely getting by. You need to get this book right away because it's going to show you how to be victorious each and every day of your life. Uh, Jennifer, I can't thank you enough. Hold up your book one more time. We always want to promote the book. Book time is always important. Claim your swagger. Stop surviving and start thriving this very evening. You can download this right away, and it is a beautiful download. Uh, matter of fact, I think there's some neat little things in there. When you buy the book, you get this free, whatever, all kinds of different things. Uh, and you want to make sure uh, you get a hold of this. This is a must read. I promise you that. Uh, Jennifer, thank you for being with us this evening. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you. I, it has been truly an honor to be here, and I have loved our discussion. So thank you so much. Anything that I can ever do for you? Anything you want to share a platform with or toss the baton oh, let's back and go forth? Do, let's, let's go do a retreat or a workshop together. Let's I'm make ready. it happen. Let's do it. We can do it. Jennifer, thank you so much. Appreciate you being with us tonight. As we close every other every show, every week, every Sunday night live here from Houston. Look how the, the sun went down. But that doesn't mean the sun goes down on our life. It just means it's going through a dark time. And in that dark time, I want to let you know that I promise you, as surely as I'm sitting here on my piano bench in front of my piano, that the sun's going to come up in the morning. As surely as I am about that, as confident as I am about that, I want to let you know no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you're enduring right now, no matter what kind of scars you have on your body, on your heart, in your emotional being right now, lean in because this is for you. There's always hope. Don't just survive. Get this book and learn how to thrive. I appreciate you being with us tonight. Join us next week for another edition live from Houston, Texas of Breaking the Silence. God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome week. Don't just endure tomorrow. Experience it to the max. God bless you. Have an awesome week. Good night. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence with Dr. Gregory Williams. To contact Dr. Williams, dial 832-396-6525 or email him at shatteredbythedarkness at gmail.com. And don't forget to join us each Sunday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Pacific on BBS Radio Station 1 for the next episode of Breaking the Silence.